0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today's Monday, January 30th, 2023. And so as we do each week, let's begin with a brief moment of silence to link up with the Worldwide Triangles Network, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love that we too may love and give. So each week we gather together on this webinar to Introduce the work of triangles and to help make it more widely known among the s- spiritual seekers of the world. So, if you're new to this work and curious about it, welcome. And we hope that you will find it of uh, value, both in your lives and in your spiritual practice. It's a daily practice, a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. And so if you'd like to consider forming a triangle, you can reach out on the webinar and put your name in the chat box. Or if you're already a member of Triangles, you can do so as well, forming more triangles. That's the real purpose behind this work as well as creating this weekly platform that acts as perhaps acupuncture, stimulating an acupuncture point in the etheric network of the world in relationship to the work of triangles, hoping to bring it to greater public attention. And we participate in a meditative visualization to strengthen the network. And the work is simply the establishing of lines of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to link up with each other each day mentally spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and distribute spiritual energies through the etheric body of the planet, touching all open hearts and minds. And in the chat box, um, we're going to be placing the day suggested daily visualization for your Triangles practice, just to make it clear that the visualization that we use here on this webinar each week is not the intended daily practice. The daily practice is is a briefer um, visualization. And so we hope that you will use it and um, as a daily part of your spiritual practices. So this work need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So after our um, meditation today, we'll be hearing from a regular uh, contributor to the webinar, Christina Kosmodaki from Greece, and she'll be sharing on weaving as creative bridging. I believe that's the title. And also I wanted to mention that we will be holding our Aquarius full moon meditation meeting here in New York on Saturday um, at 3 p.m. So it's earlier than usual. And if you're in the New York area, we would really welcome your participation in person, uh, helping to establish a ground, a group field in, in our New York offices for this work. And if you're not in the New York area, Please join us via Zoom. So, now as we do each week, let's begin with a brief uh, visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize the three planetary centers. Shambhala,
1: the planetary head center,
0: the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and the planetary throat center, humanity. Visualize this golden triangle and the three points generating spheres of energy that are blending and merging one with the other,
1: filling the triangle with light.
0: And we breathe in the three points and see them synthesized by the energy of the Christ or world teacher who stands at the heart of the triangle, visualized as a five-pointed indigo star.
1: And the Christ unites east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom throughout the etheric network.
0: Focus ourselves within the center of the new group of world servers, the heart of humanity.
1: And breathe in the
0: energy of this Highest center, Shambhala, visualize it coming down through the spiritual hierarchy,
1: through the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere, flowing out through the network, through the five planetary centers, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these energies circulating through the planetary etheric body. And as we come together as a group, we sound the affirmation of light.
0: Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. There's a passage in the Ageless Wisdom teachings that relates specifically to this time in planetary history, a time when all of humanity is struggling to adjust to the new and potent energies that are pouring into the planet incident to the incoming of the age of Aquarius. This is a time characterized by excessive activity on the outer planes, might be called a time of exoteric expression incident to t- so many factors, including the powerful combination of both the first and seventh ray energies that tend towards the concretization or the materialization of spirit in matter. This situation is having a potent influence on the three lower vehicles of all human beings, the mental, emotional, and physical bodies, causing a powerful stimulation that's not easy to handle. Hence, the many imbalances, fears, and addictions to which so many members of the human family are subject at this time. And in the midst of this maelstrom and standing at the center of the storm, so to speak, is the new group of world servers. And it is our challenge and opportunity to meet the very real need that is before us. And it is primarily through subjective work that we will be enabled to do what it is we're here to do. We're asked to learn to work in the interludes, and we know that there are many different types of interludes, and we're challenged to seize them and make them of significance. It's said that this collective group, this planetary Ajna center, stands as the door, that through which an achieved alignment can keep open. The door stands between the inner and outer worlds. And symbolically speaking, the task before the group is to hold open the alignment which extends from the golden path to the clear pool and thence to the temple of retreat. And this is a vast and never-ending path, but it's said that this path isn't kept open by this group of world mystics, as the Tibetan calls them, were told that it may happen again as it did happen for eons of time, that the ageless wisdom would have to go underground, which would be a real setback to the working out of the plan for our planet. Our work together strengthens our ability to place our feet upon this path of return. And of course, to keep this inner path open, each one of us is challenged to strengthen some of the tenuous strands that we have been able to forge across the threshold of the mind. Through this means, we can stand together as that bridge that connects humanity with the higher realms and bring through light and goodwill that can in turn impact upon the consciousness of the masses of humanity. The spiritual path is subject to the ebb and flow of the cycles of energy and consequently to periods of illumination and expansion wherein deepened and understanding takes place and things seemingly suddenly, which had previously been veiled and obscure, come to light as the higher resources of the mind begin to be tapped. These moments of inspiration encourage us to persist through the many periods when there seems to be little progress and scant understanding. As we know, we're now working with the approach to the Aquarius full moon, which occurs this coming Saturday in our meeting, but Sunday, the actual time. And we know that Aquarius is a sign of group work. Group work becomes possible as individuals come to recognize the power inherent in the bonds of brotherhood that can liberate them from themselves and release them into that which lies beyond the limitations of the personal self. As a group comes together and creates a group entity, rather than a collection of separate individuals, a much wider field of opportunity can open up. Of course, it isn't easy and entails much sacrifice of that which has been built up over the course of many lifetimes, in which the aim was the strengthening of the lower personal self. We're asked to find a new way that leaves that personal self behind and unites with the collective of the group. In the past, here and there, groups emerged generally surrounding one central individual that were dedicated to some cause or some creation, some work of art or science, but the new groups that are emerging will be composed, we're told, of free souls, independent thinkers who will work together as as HPB described, the fingers of one hand. And if we contemplate what that might mean, we know that each finger on the hand has its role to play in contribution to the work of the whole. And together, the hand acts as a single unit of consciousness with each finger contributing its part, its color, its note to the collective task at hand. Blavatsky also compared spiritual groups to the strings of a lute, strings that were tuned by the master musician, which together created sounds that could reach out to elevate the atmosphere. And the atmosphere that is created by coming together in groups makes possible the attainment of a greatly enhanced spiritual alignment. Each group member brings different quality to share as a contribution to the greater group field, the greater group effort, whereas individuals working alone would be much more challenged to achieve the same capability. Of course, the closeness that is afforded to spiritual groups becomes possible and is contingent upon the fact that each individual in their own lives is working on themselves, is placing themselves upon a spiritual path and polishing the rough edges of their instrument, of their personality. And as a result, when they join together for spiritual purposes, they can come more closely together, they can more easily become a unit dedicated for purposes of serving the greater good. For the reality is that as individuals, we're rather limited in our ability to contribute, but by joining together, we can undertake amazing things. Group work allows for an intermingling of auras that enables the group to tap into energies of a much higher order than would generally be possible for any individual working alone. Each individual has a certain set of ray and astrological colorings and conditionings, but they're limited individually in their scope. However, when these individuals work together as a group, they create a field that is consequently composed of the collective ray and astrological colorings provided by the totality of each group member. The group then becomes like a patchwork quilt of sorts with each patch providing a particular pattern, which when stitched together with all the other patches makes a beautiful quilt. Through this means, there is created a greatly expanded aura upon which the higher energies can flow. And as a consequence, Not only is the individual auric field enhanced, but the individual can become able to tap into the whole field within themselves, not only their individual part, because their consciousness has become a group consciousness, a soul consciousness. And this is the opportunity offered up
1: by group work. So let's work now with our meditation.
0: Integration as a group. Let's focus ourselves upon the mental plane at the center of the even cross of discipleship. Let's link in thought as a soul as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Linking together as a group with the spiritual hierarchy we sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group,
1: and throughout the world.
0: Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. And visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network.
1: working with
0: the alignment of our individual triangle, the group of planetary triangles, the group soul, and the world teacher, we hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring
1: energy of love. precipitation.
0: Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. And together as a group, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let
1: all people love.
0: Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
1: Distribution,
0: sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Thank you everyone. And now I'd like to welcome
0: Christina. Hello, Christina.:
2: Hello, Hello. And hi. Warm greetings to everyone, and a very warm thank you to Kathy for this invitation and opportunity. is FKia, or Kairotic moment for group sharing. Today is January 30 a number resonating with our triangle work, as the soul is basically an expression of three types of energy, life, love, and intelligence. We are also in the sign of Aquarius, marking with all its three decanates the beginning of the new year, and on a greater scale, the beginning of the new age, the new world, and the new culture. Despite its other name, water carrier or water bearer, Aquarius is one of the three air signs. Air standing for the thinking principle or mind. Aquarius is per excellence, the paradigm of the world server. And this brings to mind the use of the two hands as a symbol of sharing and offering service in the threefold needy and thirsty world. The astrological symbol of Aquarius is two horizontal weavy lines, two waves, sweeping our little planet through the waters of life. The scientific art of weaving in mental matter between the two waves lies in humanity's agility to recreate the planetary garment or fabric with etheric substance and threads of living light and goodwill. Weaving is among the most, the most ancient and widespread techniques in the world. And one of its distinctive characteristics, in addition to having a practical utility, is that it has represented a means of artistic expression for all civilization. As in ancient times, fabrics were a way of spreading symbols and images. Fabrics were a type of language and in time, they started identifying with the people's characteristics, their culture, and social status. The origins of weaving have become lost in the night of time because it is a fragile and easily decomposed form, but it is assumed that it began as a result of the observation and imitation of nature, such as the interlacing of bird nests, Technically, weaving is the art of creating fabric through a combination of warp and weft. The lengthwise or longitudinal warp yarns are held stationary in tension on a frame or loom, while the transverse weft is drawn through and inserted over and under the wall. The oldest textile finds are fragments found in the tombs of ancient Egypt that had been preserved thanks to the dry climate and sun. Similar workmanship can be found in fabrics of very fine linen discovered in Peru, which are also among the oldest archeological remains. The importance of the textile tradition in ancient Egypt is also confirmed by the discovery of the representation of the loom on a terracotta plate dating back to 4400 BC, and by a horizontal loom on the ground, the first appeared around 1300 BC. Archaeological evidence points to the general diffusion of weaving and spinning, but suggests a knowledge of natural and vegetable fibers. The Egyptians were distinguished by their ability to spin and then weave linen. The Indians and the Peruvians created the first cotton fabrics. The Mesopotamians produced wool fabrics and the Chinese were the first to produce silk dating back to the first centuries of the third millennium BC. The rich production of artifacts is equated by the symbolic importance of weaving. Hence, the birth of myths and gods protected weaving and more generally of a creative force that governs the world. In Egypt, Nith was worshipped as the weaver goddess and symbol of the eternal feminine and nature, the goddess of creation, wisdom, and war. Nith's symbol and part of her hieroglyph resemble a, a loom. And as Egyptians and Greek myths were interwoven. Her role as a creator was conflated with that of Athena, a Greek deity who moved all of the world and existence into being on her loom, reweaving the world daily. Athena was a virgin goddess of creation, wisdom and war as well, and she was the protector of feminine works and crafts. In this context, there is a quite relevant and instructive myth on the competition between the goddess and the mortal Arachne. Arachne was known as highly skilled, qualified, praised by men and gods for her art of breathing, but she was also arrogant and foolish enough to challenge the goddess. As a result of the challenge, she was turned into the first spider, as stated in Ovid's Metamorphosis. The myth might be seen as a reflection of creation and imitation, God and man, master and cubit, and therefore, about the nature of art. It is impossible not to mention Penelope, of whom Homer writes in the Odyssey. She was said to have weaved during the day and then unraveled her work at night. And she did this for three years while waiting for the return of her husband, Ulysses, from the Trojan world. It is worth mentioning that her name, Penelope, is considered a combination of the Greek word pinny, weft, and ops, face, a very appropriate name for a cunning weaver. Another potent symbol can be found in the three, Mere, the English fates. Were the personification of fate or karma. These three were Clotho, spinner, who spun the thread of life from her distaff onto a spindler. Lachesis, a lotter or drawer of lots, was the one who measured the thread of life allotted to each person with her measuring rod. Atropos, which meant inexorable or inevitable or literally unturning was the cutter of the thread of life. In short, the youngest one presided over the moment of birth. The second spun out all the events and actions of men's lives. And the eldest of the three cut the thread of human life with a pair of scissors. Their role was to ensure that every being, mortal and divine, Lived out their destiny as it was assigned to them by the laws of the universe. The three fates are mentioned by Hesiod in his Theogony. Plato, in his Republic, calls them daughters of necessity, who are singing along with the chords of, of sirens the past, the present, and the future. And likewise, Aristotle in his work on the universe identified each one of the beer with what it was, what it is, and what it will be. A more inclusive perspective of this symbology is given by Helena Blavatsky in her work The Secret Doctrine, chapter The Network of Destiny, where she wrote, When the last strand is woven and man is seemingly enrapped in the network of his own doing, then he finds himself completely under the empire of his self-made destiny Against the immovable rock, or carries him away like a feather in a whirlwind, raised by his own actions, and this is karma also she points out that the full and awful significance of the Greek nemesis or karma has been entirely forgotten. For nemesis is without attributes, But while the dreaded goddess is absolute and immutable as a principle, it is we ourselves, nations and individuals who prepare her to action and give the impulse to its direction. Adding finally that the tree form faiths and is ever mindful Furies are her attributes only on earth and begotten by ourselves. There is no return from the paths she cycles over us. Yet those paths are for our our own making, for it is we collectively or individually who prepare them. Weaving was of such high esteem in the ancient world that in Plato's statesman, Politicus. It is referred to as an instance of episteme, science. He wrote that if the kingly or political episteme is like weaving, it depends on the ability, first of all, to distinguish what it will weave together. Platonic thought always gave extraordinary importance to the choice of the images most suitable to guide human argumentation and to display the outcomes of cognition. Plato's reading paradigm in the Statesman became one of the most visited topics of the dialogue. It was enigmatic in many aspects and was particularly interesting on account of its puzzling appraisal of political art in comparison to the more transcendental approaches suggested by dialogues such as the Republic. The section of the statesman that makes use of the within paradigm is often regarded as a key argument of the dialogue. In the Greek piece, the Cretan princess Ariadne is perhaps more famous there than the Athenian hero, Hero, Physius. She gave him a bowl of red thread to unroll as he penetrated the labyrinth, so he could follow the thread back to the entrance after slaughtering half man, half bull creature, the mind drop. Etymologically, her name derives from the ancient Greek and dialectical elements, Ari and Agnos, meaning most holy or utterly pure. Weaving was also inextricably linked with ceremony and ritual, a secret language which magically connected mortals with immortals, heroes, and gods, honoring and veiling the mysteries of life. The virgin goddess Athena is always depicted clad in a peplos. Peplos is the Greek name for veil. The sacred garment, which was woven by a chosen group of girls, was the focal point of the ritual that took place on the last day of the Panacinia festival, as it was transported, attached to a mast of a ship cart, in a procession to the sacred rock of Acropolis, and was delivered to the Zyuanan statue of the goddess. The weaving of the enormous sacred peplos started nine months before the festival and contained images of mythic battle between gods and giants woven into its material. The peplos of the statue was changed its year during a minor festival. As the time cycles passed and the sacred has been hidden from the mundane, the effect of is still hovering over humanity today, separating the unreal from the real. It is written in a treatise on cosmic fire, but glamour, as we understand it, is only a veil over that which is time to This web, self woven in the space of illness by the race of men, holds them and in the network of their own doing unable to see the path ahead, leading in the radiance of the new day. The symbol of a spider, the transformed arachne of the ancient myth, remains alive and instructive in connection with humanity the creative third planetary center and related with the third ray of intelligent adaptability, potent in the sight of Aquarius. By studying the spider and how amazing it is in weaving its subtle and beautifully structured web without becoming, becoming entangled in it, we can learn the lesson to stand still in the center by being rather than by doing. And as a spider spins a thread along which it can travel, so must the man in due time spin and anchor the thread out of the substance of his own life to construct the rainbow bridge, the lighted way.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Christina.
0: That was very beautifully expressed and deep as well. And so resonant with our Triangle's work. Um this idea of the spider spinning the web, um, as you said in your closing paragraph, really relates to the third ray of active intelligence, which is the ray that rules our logos at a, at a personality level. Um, what, what do you see, um, how can you reflect on what's going on in the world today in relation to this weaving uh, this third ray activity, both from a negative and also a positive perspective. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have any thoughts about that? How we can see this third ray weaving energy working out today? Mm -hmm. One
2: can say that uh, the weaving technique is known since ancient times. Instinctively, or I don't know how exactly, but it has to be redirected now. Yeah. somehow to to be on the mental level instead of the lower one with handicraft with, with the hands made by hands only. Yes, and it's not easy, actually, to it's a leap. But uh, once uh, more and more people are working and are conscious of of the, not exactly the existence, but of the value of working with mental matter and substance, as if it is almost the same like it was weaving with threads and colorful um, strands you know what i mean yeah. it's about the same so to say just on, mm-hmm. with another consciousness with a new way of looking at things
1: yeah and, and as
2: of, a group and, of, and and of course not uh, of course as a group and not uh, centered in ourselves this is what i wanted to say which is similar to what you said as a group yes as
0: a group. Yeah. Yeah. Can make a a powerful strand with a group, you know, each one contributing to their ability. Eventually we'll have a really stronger connection to the planetary heart center, the spiritual hierarchy. Yes,
3: and I think
2: the the pictures can also um, help some of them, at least, for a greater picture to be done, what you described as a group. All yeah. of us, let's say, with our little thread from where we are. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of weaving going on in the world that isn't necessarily of a higher nature, you know, like the lower aspects of third-ray manipulation and obfuscation but we just have to observe and work to make this alignment in a higher level you know can't get caught up in the manipulation ourselves yes yeah
2: uh, manipulation has a, a root uh, money which is connected with uh, uh, Manos is uh, uh, in Latin, Italian, uh, Spanish the hands. And it's so much mm-hmm. related with man and manas. So it's really one thread, let's say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I would like to open the discussion to anyone who would like to share audibly uh, raising your hand and also if you would like to continue to place any thoughts in the chat box, that would be great. Um, there's some. some Kathy, please in,
2: consider that I have a, a right, difficulty yeah. to see to see right. the, the chat box.
0: Okay. Yes. Of course.
2: It's, it's too too tiny for me right now. Yes. <laughs> the yes. letters. Yes. Okay.
0: Um, Bonnie writes: "The fabric is stronger than the thread." The whole is greater than the weight of the parts. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she's speaking there of all the collective threads, you know, woven together by the group's soul. You know, yes, say. but
2: uh, remember symbolic that the warp is always uh, the the underground, so to say, and it's it has to be settled in tension. And this is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the spiritual
1: tension there. Let's see. Let's see. Um, the image appears when the weaving is complete.
2: Yeah. Um, Uh, When do you write? uh, Go ahead. uh, One characteristic of the third ray I read is that uh, the weaver is uh, uh, weaving all the time, and suddenly light comes in the window in the in the room where he has his loom, and he sees the ugliness of the tapestry or whatever he weaves and he has to destroy it and weave again mm. in, in, the, in the light of the day
0: it sounds similar to the description of the fourth ray as well you know they have to dis- destroy that which they've created because it's and, not and the seventh resurrected... ray and the seventh
2: ray
0: mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. a lot of destruction on the, various... the
2: destruction okay. and creation i think it's one thing yeah, two two yeah. two sides of the same coin, let's say.
0: Maybe that could be seen in the Tibetan sand paintings. You know, they create yeah. beautiful, beautiful paintings only to be blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy writes, I loved all the pictures and images, especially the first one, which was a spider at the center of the figure. Very thought provoking. Thank you, Christina. Weaving can be seen in so many ways in the world. And at this time, as many are drawn to meditation and spiritual work. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, David has a quote from Discipleship in the New Age, Volume 1. Correct manipulation of force involving, therefore, an understanding of the types and qualities of force and their right creative weaving into service upon the outer plane. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, There's many
0: thank yous. Mm. And I will send these to Christina afterwards. Um, Thank
2: you. If I'm not not very academic, um, I would like to say that... uh, if one makes a quick search into the teachings, into the 24 books, there are many, many um, thoughts in many relations about weaving. Yeah. I couldn't count them this time, but there are really many. One ha- can have a, a, a great, um, great thoughts after that. And, you
0: know. Well, you certainly made a good synopsis of what they're talking about in your presentation. Um, Santana writes in Native American mythology, also grandmother spider weaves the web of life as we weave the thread of light and love, the creative thread of consciousness back to source, the rainbow bridge, the Antakarana. We are part of the group bridge, we must work as the spider works and using. Will mentally project the threads of conscious connection. Also, life is woven with arc and light threads, and we must not let the dark threads of unhappy experience sink back down to the subconscious, but rather pull them up into the light and dissipate them. Daniel writes, the image of weaving is one way to see our relationship to the whole. We're not alone. And in acknowledging the fabric gives us a vision of our essential role.
2: And uh, I couldn't put it in my talk exactly, but uh, I had also some uh, Relations found with the patterns and the plan, uh, like mm. the plan uh, depicted on the garment, let's say,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and ever better and clearer and and with stronger colors and
0: beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Sam You need all colors to make the tapestry. Um similar to the idea of the fingers of one hand. You see all the different colors, just as you were saying, all the colors. Yeah. Um Jesse writes, construction, destruction always reminds me of garden composting. Yeah, definitely. All the procedure, yeah. Um, when do you writes, the threads are eternal, the weaving continues. Um, Michelle writes, the spider at the center is a glamour of the third ray. Yeah, we see a lot of that today. <laughs> yeah. um, when a Jane writes, her thought and study into weaving is adding to my appreciation of, th- of the third ray. This was an effort of on our behalf and thank you, said Jane. Mm-hmm. Um Tara write Tara writes, My favorite poem by Yeats, had I the heavens embroidered cloths and wrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night and light, and the half-light, it would spread. The cloths under your feet, but I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly because you tread on my dreams. That's beautiful. Terry. And
2: poetry is very creative.
0: <laughs> yeah, very, it's very beautiful. Um, Clint. Shares the raisin initiations describes the process of building the bridge, the antar karana. Yeah, and those that build it are called weavers. Um, so Nathaniel asked the question: uh, Where does the fear of spiders come from?
1: Have any thoughts on that, Christina?
2: of uh, our transformation
0: I couldn't hear you I think you cut out there in the beginning
2: I don't know if it has to do with the transformation procedure
0: Mm. people are people are afraid of
1: transforming yeah yeah um
2: And if I'm not wrong, arachne, the spider, doesn't belong to the insects. I don't know more, but I have, I think it is uh, somewhere I have written it.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Mary Louise writes, the tapestry as a symbol of diversity and unity at the same time. Yeah, uh, here's a hand raised, um, Wendy, hello? Can you unmute? Sorry, Hi.
3: hello there. Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. Yes. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Christina, that was fantastic, thank you. Um, some, it came into my mind earlier on about um, the destructive side and someone was asking Um, Where does the fear of spiders come from? And I was thinking how prevalent the psychology of the black widow spider is um, Mm -hmm. at this time Mm -hmm. and how interested people are in films that portray that psychology, especially the the Mm -hmm. female, um, the murderous female (laughs) because (laughs) yeah with the black widow spider you know one minute uh, you know she eats her mate Does after mating she he becomes her lunch and I think that there's something in the psyche that women and I don't mean to separate men out from this but women in particular having to sort of soul search a bit the the so-called negative female. And interesting, most of pictures that we've seen very much focus on the woman weaver. And I'm sure there must have been some male weavers, but I think that in itself, the fact that the females are are, um, accentuated is saying something. So just a few thoughts there. I don't have any answers as such.
2: Yeah. Thank you. In the antiquity, um, in Greece at least, it was uh, a work of women only, and it was the, this petlos, this um, um, veil, uh, was veiling also the interaction of the women uh, and the, and their participation in the mysteries of birth of. Uh, um of death and what is in between with the children and with all of the all the all the things of the daily life they took away of uh, they were like rituals and mm-hmm. they were connected and interwoven in their lives and the weaving as i understand it was like what veiled it, and um, on the other hand, expressed it. Mm. And um, it was acknowledged by men, but it was not uh, something that men did actually. They had no space for this, no room for this. Hmm.
0: Well, I would think going forward, there'll be male weavers. (laughs) Definitely spiritually, male weavers. Uh, maybe not on the physical plane, but and there are as now. So, you know, it's not limited to one sex or the other. Um, uh, Wendy writes: Isn't the term "the golden thread" referred to in the ageless wisdom down through the ages? Yes, very
1: much. so yeah
2: um, Let's see.
0: Well, oh, I just realized we're we're past four, so we might want to just um, thank you, Christina, so much for your contribution. Thank you, and, your... and
2: thank you all for listening and for participating. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for your your creative thought that you shared with the group. Really appreciate it. So let's just take a brief moment of silence to visualize the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles, a web
1: of light. Ooh. que okay.